0: a continuation of our study of the prologue of, of John, John's Gospel, Chapter 1. How are you doing on your memory verse? Do you remember from last week? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John 1-2. through two. So I just invite you, each week we're going to add a scripture to that until by the end of the Christmas season, we'll have 14 verses put together here. And I just believe and trust that God is going to bless you as you hide his word in your heart. I do invite you right now to hear it again as for the first time, the very word of God. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. Now, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. John 1, 1 through 3. The very word of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Our New Testament scripture is from Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is the very word of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Wow. Powerful words from the apostle Paul to us, reflecting on the nature and character of our glorious Lord. How are you doing? How are you doing in the midst of all of these circumstances? I have to confess when I ask myself that question that I find that sometimes I'm doing really good. It doesn't seem to affect me. And other times I just am overwhelmed by yet another wave of bad news and another story of someone suffering. Another another opportunity to press my faith in deeper and to trust and believe that God is indeed not only ordaining these circumstances, but working through them for our good and for his glory. But I confess, some days are better than others. Well, I want to encourage you. Uh, As we've seen now in the Gospel of John, John is casting a vision for a bigger, a grander, a more majestic picture of who Jesus is and how that impacts our lives. What do you do when uh, the future is, is insecure? When, when you're not sure what the future holds? Well, over and over I've encouraged you, when you're not sure what the future holds, focus on who holds the future, right? When you're not sure of what you know any longer, right? Focus on what you do know. Focus focus on the the image of Jesus Christ that that John has been revealing to us in these first verses of John chapter 1. When I find myself a little fuzzy on what God is doing or even who God is, I go back to the beginning. I go back to the word of God. I go back to the story of God's love for me. So what do we learn about God from our passages today? Again, I've been encouraging you to just spend a little bit of time each week. Just carve out um, one verse. This, this week in my SOAP study, I, I just looked at one verse and at first I thought, well, wow, this is just not going to be enough to sustain me. But I, I have to confess that as I opened God's word, it just kept getting more and more beautiful, more and more broad. And, and, and God kept revealing more and more about his nature and character to me. We saw last week that, that Jesus was, in other words, he existed In the beginning, right? Before time, before the first evening and morning, before the first day of creation, Jesus was with, we saw, God. In other words, it's that that word. He was face to face, distinct in personality, and yet intimate at the very same time. Jesus existed from before all time, an intimate relationship with God. But then God blew the doors off of our our understanding of Jesus and and revealed through John that not only was Jesus with God, but Jesus, the Word, was God, right? Jesus was God, And and the ramifications of that are are astounding. That means that that Jesus is co-eternal with God. Do you remember um, uh, Psalm ninety? Psalm ninety. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had even formed the earth and the world, O oh God, from everlasting, the psalmist said, ninety verse two, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. John has revealed to us that from everlasting to everlasting, Jesus is God, right? Wow. In other words, he is uncreated. He is, as we sang earlier, the holy, uncreated one. He was in the beginning with God. While our heads are still spinning from those powerful truths, John unloads another. Boom, boom, boom. He unloads another one. This morning in verse three, we see not only was Jesus with God, not only was Jesus was, Jesus was God, and that was awkward, but you know what I mean. Not only was Jesus God, but he was the creator, right? He, let me say that differently. He is the creator. All things, John says, all things were made through him. And lest we misunderstand, he says it again, and without him was not anything, not one thing made that was made. We've seen that Jesus is God. What we're learning here is that Jesus was the creative agent of God that created the world, right? Everything. Everything every single thing in earth and in heaven was created through or the greek word means by him wow wow and then we find that not only was jesus the creator but jesus is still in the business of creation right it didn't stop the deists the um Many of the founding fathers um, believed uh, in God, believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. But they had this understanding that God kind of created the world and then it just went off on its own. And God kind of stood back and watched what happened, right? Um, No, that's not the what the scripture reveals to us here. Not only did God create the world, but he's still in the business of creation. Let me say it differently. The miracle of creation continues to this very day. And I do mean, I do mean miracle. I I cannot understand how I can take this ugly, scaly bulb in my hand and plant it in the little garden by my mailbox and, and somehow in this miracle over time, not this ugly scaly bulb grows bigger and, and looks the same, but it's transformed. It's transformed into a beautiful creation, a daffodil or a tulip, a a beautiful uh, transformative expression of, The creativity of God. But why should I be surprised? God takes bulbs planted in the fall and makes them beautiful flowers, but he also takes unique lives and brings them together. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of having a front row seat on God taking two sovereign lives. And a miracle that even they don't completely understand made those two one God is still in the business of creating and through marriage he makes he creates a new thing a beautiful new thing out of two uh, scaly husks of bulbs right two individual people but were that not enough God continues to show his creative ability by Miraculously conceiving and then and then knitting together a child in his or her mother's womb. And though though we think that we understand every aspect of that, we're still overwhelmed with awe and wonder at something that we cannot that we cannot create, recreate. Oh yeah, we can mess with DNA, we can play God and and, and try and mimic what God does. But the reality is, is not one of us can accomplish what God does after conception, as he forms uh, that child in his mother's womb. Our oh, God is still in the business of creation. Sometimes it's a new creation. Sometimes, like happened a couple of weeks ago, God, God takes a youth or, or a young man who's spiritually dead, who has no relationship with God, whose spirit is not even alive, and, and, and God gifts that person with the ability to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, with the faith to believe that God validated all that Jesus Christ said and did by raising him from the dead. And in that moment, there is a new creation. There is a new creation, right? Oh my goodness, do you remember um, 2 Corinthians 5? Seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Oh, God is still in the business of creation. But you know what struck me as, as I read this verse, and especially as I, uh, as I read our verse from Colossians, Paul's amazing reflection in the same mindset on who Jesus is. I realize that it's not just the visible things that, that, that Jesus is in the business of creating, right? There's also invisible aspects as well. Did you hear it in, in Colossians 1, 15 through 20? Thrones and kingdoms and powers, right? For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. He doesn't say good authorities and good rulers. He says all these things, right, were created. Not only things on earth, but powers and principalities, and rulers and authorities Jesus is still in the business of creating, of raising up, of bringing down. In other words, Jesus creates and puts into place kings and kingdoms. And not always, beloved, for our good. Sometimes, as we saw with Assyria and the northern kingdom. Sometimes, as we saw with Babylon and and Judah, the southern kingdom. Sometimes, God raises up even evil entities to accomplish his judgment on his own people, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jesus is living and active, right? He's still in the business of creation. New life, new light, new meaning, and new purpose. And we praise you, Jesus, that you're not done yet, You're still moving amongst us. Help us understand, right? Help us to understand and wrap our brains around who you are. God, help us to understand and wrap our brains around who we are as well. And what you would have us do as a result. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're taking notes, I invite you to think with me for a moment. What is it? What do we learn, not just about God now, but also about ourselves from this passage? Well, if Jesus is able to create all these things, right? If in fact not anything was made except through him, that means that you were created by Jesus, right? And that means... Jesus, who does not mess around, made something beautiful when he made you. Yes, when he made you, right? He, as Psalm 139 says, knit you together in your mother's womb. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. Well, how can I say that? I think... Think for a moment about um, some, something artistic, something that you invested your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, your body in creating, right? How do you feel about that masterpiece, right? How do you feel about that? Well, Ephesians 2.10 says, you are God's masterpiece. He fashioned you. He created you for good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. You are God's masterpiece, and he feels about you in, in a thousand times more magnificent, beautiful ways than you feel even about your children who you partnered with God in creating or, or that craftsmanship, that work of art that you invested your whole body, soul, and spirit in. So you were made by Jesus, but, but you were made also then in the image of God. Do you remember that from our study of Genesis just a few months ago, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we see later, he created humankind in his image. In other words, just as Jesus is the exact representation of God, we are also created in his image. You are the representation. I know that's awkward to say, but I, I say it that way so that you will hear it. You are the representation of God to an unbelieving world. You've heard us say it so many times before. You might be the only Jesus that someone ever encounters. Do you see how important it is to live into your design? To live into your calling? Because God in heaven, looking down, has set you now as his representation of himself. Or his representation of himself you might be the only Jesus someone ever sees you might be the Jesus someone needs at an exact moment in their life that God has prepared from the foundation of the earth I don't say this to burden you No, I pray that that it gives you amazing meaning and purpose I pray that that it gives you a hope that that God has a purpose for your life I spend so much time um, loving and caring for people in nursing homes and, and retirement communities and over and over again I have to bust through this mentality that says Um, I'm on the back shelf I'm just waiting now to die and I say to them over and over again if you have breath if you're still breathing then God still has meaning and purpose for your life. You're not only the representation of God but Jesus gives you meaning and purpose. Finally I want to note here what we learn about ourselves not only were we made by Jesus in the image of God. Not only are we his representation and given meaning and purpose, but there's always hope. There is always hope. No matter how bleak the circumstances, no matter how dark the night, no matter how lifeless the appearance of your life is, because of our creative God. Because God is not done with us yet, there is hope. And hope, the Word of God says, gives life. Hope, the Word of God says, even purifies us, right? Even cleanses us. So there's still hope, no matter where you find yourself. Even this moment, don't give up the dream, right? Hope we've discovered is a vision of a preferred future and God gives us a vision, not just of a future, but of an eternity with him, an intimate relationship with him. That's why I I charge you remember that there is always hope, but be very careful what you put your hope in, be very careful in what or whom you place your hope right because there is only one place worthy of placing first your hope but ultimately your faith there's only one person who can bear up under the weight of all not only of your hopes and dreams but the hopes and dreams of all who have been created in god's image from the very foundation of the world there there i said it it's jesus it is jesus that beautiful name that we sing about represents the beautiful nature and character and life of jesus the living god right we left off our study of the book of Revelation until after Easter. We're going to put a couple more pieces in place that will help, I think, get to sing when we get to it. That will help us to understand and to see with new eyes this, this um, incredible uh, book of Revelation. But, but after the angel gave John that, those words to speak to the seven churches in Asia, we finished off in chapter three, the beginning of chapter four, God gives this very same writer, the Apostle John, a vision of the living God. Oh my goodness. He gives him a vision of the living God. And it's astounding. It's astounding, right? John's response, He falls to the ground and says, what many of you have memorized, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you, guess what? Created all things. By your will, they were created and have their being. You created all things, Jesus, and by your will, they were created and have their being. Do, do you hear that? By your will. You are not an accident, right? You are not the result of some random cellular process. God desired to create you, you your unique soul, God desired and wanted to create you ergo he wants you he wants you and God not only created you but he sustained you moment by moment by his gracious and his loving and his often merciful will so how do we respond oh it's totally appropriate totally appropriate to fall on our knees before the living God. But at some point we have to stand up. We have to remember our call, right? We have to walk intimately face to face with God. And and the beauty of this, you say, well, how can I possibly be God's representation to the world? You know, if you're walking intimately with God. They will see God through you. When people looked at Jesus, they said, Jesus, I want, I want to talk with God like, like you do. I want to walk with God like you you do. Even, even in the first century as, as the second generation now, the people who were discipled by Jesus lived out the Christ life. People could tell that they had been with God. They could tell that they had been with Jesus by the way that they walked. Oh, yeah, fall down in worship, right? But, but, but rise up and walk before the world in intimate relationship with God. Be open to His voice. Secondly, be open to his voice. Do you remember Jesus' words to the churches, all seven of them in Revelation, right? He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God is still speaking. Be open to his voice. Be open through his written word. That's always our backstop. That's always the bottom line by which we know God But be open to his holy spirit working as the written work is spoken out loud and speak brothers and sisters speak moms and dads speak sons and daughters the word of god to one another and allow god's holy spirit to translate it in ways that are life-giving to each other now he be open to his written word to his spoken word but be open the leading of his Holy Spirit moment by moment there's going to come a time when when um, when all we will have to depend on is Jesus and through his word which we've hidden in our heart and and through his Holy Spirit who moment by moment leads us we will know when to speak and when to be still we will know when to love and when to withdraw we will know God's will because of the leading of His Holy Spirit. Walk in step with the Spirit as well. So walk intimately before God and with God. Be open to His voice but worship Him. Worship Him. Both John 1, our passage this morning, and Revelation 4, the the passage I just shared with you, invite us to worship Or at the very least, to to ask ourselves hard questions about what or whom we really do worship, right? To look at our time, to look at our treasure, to look at our talents and say, where am I giving myself? Because where I'm giving myself, that's what I really worship, right? And both these passages reveal a striking contrast to the pride and pretense of any earthly kingdom, of any earthly ruler, including and maybe especially ourselves. These passages invite us to relinquish our pride. They invite us to relinquish our fear of humans and of human grandeur, which pales in comparison, right, to the majesty of the eternal God With whom, through Jesus, we have come now face to face. So worship. Worship the Father. Worship Jesus Christ, the Son. Worship the Holy Spirit. Practice now what you're going to do for eternity, right? Confess Jesus Christ as Lord. I beg you, be reconciled. To God. Believe that God validated everything Jesus said and did by raising him from the dead and believe that God will raise you through faith in Jesus Christ from the dead as well. Bow your hearts if not your bodies to the beautiful and to the wonderful
1: and to the powerful name of Jesus. Would you?